listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 16th of November 2021. Later, the Reserve Bank says rates will not rise until 2022, despite what the market thinks will get views from an analyst. But first, what is the future role of cash and banknotes? Well, believe it or not, the total value of banknotes in circulation in Australia rose 20% since the start of the pandemic, around 100 billion dollars worth as Aussies hold on to them as a store of value in uncertain times. The Reserve Bank is now looking at reviewing how banknotes are being distributed, so we thought we'd take a look at how and what is the future of cash. For that, Dominic Vukovic spoke with Chris Vasant-Kumar, economic anthropologist at Macquarie University. I think in the future we will use less cash, but I think it's unlikely to go away completely. Um, And so while most Australians are using less cash than they did 20 years ago, I think both anecdotally and from the data from the RBA and elsewhere, people really like the idea of having cash to fall back on. Um, And so there are a number of reasons for this. There are questions of privacy surrounding uh, cashless transactions. Um, There are issues with being able to control your spend uh, less effectively with digital money than with actual notes. There are questions of technological literacy or lack of confidence. And there's also uh, the issue of cash providing a feeling of security in uncertain times. Um, And if you look at um, cash usage during the pandemic, um, it hasn't actually decreased its change. Um, So the overall trend of uh, fewer people using less cash, less frequently to buy things has continued. It's gone from about... um, Two-thirds of purchases a decade ago to less than 30%, uh, but the amount of cash in circulation is at an all-time high. Uh, And why would this be? It's because people are using cash not as a means of exchange, but as a store of value. They're they're not spending it, they're holding on to it because it makes them feel comfortable uh, during uncertain times of the pandemic. And and that's what the the latest RBI report seems to suggest, that um, the cash distribution has actually gone up a lot more when it comes to people um, storing their wealth under the mattress. Uh, and that's that's a lot uh, to do, I guess, with the uncertain times we're in as well, given the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, and it's uh, people have different levels of comfort with different kinds of money. Um, and so I think that we disregard uh, different attitudes towards cash and cashless transactions at our own peril. Um, so if you look at uh, Sweden and Zimbabwe, uh, you know, one of the morals of the story is there's no one-size-fits-all solution. Um, some, countries are, some countries are very attached to their cash. Italy, Germany, Japan still have upwards of 60% of their transactions in cash. Uh, others are, are, are much less so. Um, even a place like Sweden, which went cashless very quickly, uh, in the last couple of years, they've kind of pulled back. They've had some questions, but maybe we went too fast. Uh, maybe there are some other things you need to pay attention to just beyond technological progress. Um, and, and, and there, one of the big questions I think we can learn from is the question of inclusion. Um, and so in recent years in Sweden, uh, they just passed some legislation that said bank branches actually have to have cash. They can't be completely cashless, um, which sounds strange, but it's actually kind of a big step away from cashless society for them. Um, and in part, these decisions to step back are based on concerns about uh, marginal members of society or vulnerable groups in society uh, being 
um, mar further marginalized or disempowered by, by moving, move, moving towards cashless society. So we're talking about older folks, people living in the countryside or regional areas, folks from lower socioeconomic levels, people who are less technologically savvy, also children, migrants. Um, so the, the, the concerns about folks being left behind have led to a kind of retrenchment rather than an intensified movement towards going cashless there. I think in five to 10 years, um, we will likely have moved further down the road towards a cashless society, um, but I think we will, be, we will not be as far as many people suspect. Uh, and I think that uh, is because uh, the institutions that are managing our monetary supply in this country um, seem to be quite well focused on minimizing disruption. And so I think that uh, you know, money works best when you don't think about it, when it's invisible. Um, and if you uh, move slowly uh, towards cashlessness in a way that doesn't sort of remind people that things are changing with your money and you have to hold on to this cash because it's going to go away, if, if you move slowly and judiciously, I think that um, you know, in, in five to 10 years, there will likely be much less cash usage but we can't say for sure whether that will actually be reflected in a, an increase or a decrease in the amount of cash uh, in circulation. Dominic Vukovic speaking there with Chris Vasantkumar from Macquarie University to the Australian share market now, which did fall today by about two-thirds of a percent, the S&P ASX 200-7420. That's on a day the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, continued to say that interest rates will not rise next year despite what the markets think. So I thought I'd speak from to someone from the markets, Marjamine Zaman from City Australia. Marjamine, the market's down today. Why? Markets are down today, driven primarily by materials. Now, this is a follow-on um, from data yesterday where infrastructure investment was weaker. Now, steel production in, the ch in China has been down 17%. This is the lowest since 2017. Now, a combination of declining steel production and falling aluminum demand from property downturn in China has really impacted the sentiment in the material space. Now, obviously, financials are also softer today. And this is on the back of the RBA speech today. Rates are not going up till the end of 2023. Banks tend to do well in a rising rate environment. Let's go into detail about what Dr. Lowe said, the RBA governor, essentially saying that, hey, there will be no interest rate rise in 2022, despite what some people in the market saying. What exactly is the market thinking, especially after what the governor said today? You know, the market is actually pricing in a 15 basis hike uh, in mid-2022 and a further five rate hikes over the next 18 months till May 2023. Clearly, at today's session, Governor Lowe once again dismissed market expectations of rate hikes in 2022, given a very low probability of meeting the bank's you know, CPI target of 2 to 3% in 2022. He once again repeated the same commentary of a first rate hike only in 2024 or late 2023. And this is on the back of inflation rising only gradually. Now, the Q3 CPI number of 2.1% is a small step into the target range after long six years. And it's really at the bottom of their target range. And this is driven materially by the mismatch between increased demand and ongoing supply shocks. Now, the view is that normalization of consumption patterns should somewhat alleviate some of the inflation pressures that we see. Finally, he also mentioned that just not the RBA is just not going to look at CPI alone. 
Wage inflation is also key. Okay. So are you in the transitory or the entrenched camp when it comes to inflation? And how will tomorrow's wage price index data support that? Um, Look, risk to the inflation dynamic remains skewed to the upside. We believe supply chain disruptions will continue until at least early next year, while wage pressures will only pick up modestly. Now, tomorrow, wage price index is expected to have a consensus view of 2.2% versus the previous level of 1.7. Now, the higher number also includes the increase in minimum wage, which was implemented for some sectors in Q3. Also not forgetting, there was an increase in the superannuation guarantee from 9.5% to 10%, which will also be reflected in this number tomorrow. So even if it comes out at 2.2%, it is a distance away from the RB expectation of 2.5% that they're expecting to get sometime in 2022. Not forgetting, currently businesses may be facing labor supply shortfall, but you know, borders are reopening and this should normalize to some degree in the next six months or so. So given the inflationary expectations, what does it mean for investment opportunities? Short term, we see inflation move higher globally uh, just in the short term. So sectors that continue to benefit from this move will really be the energy and material space. However, we do see some stabilization in inflation going forward, medium term. And the idea really is to shift to broader cyclicals, such as industrials and financials, which really will benefit from a rising rate environment. Not forgetting the the US is implementing a large fiscal package in the US. Um, This should also benefit the industrial space. And just finally, how's this all playing out on the currency markets? On the currency side of things, um, over the past weeks, the US dollar has been on a rising trend. Now, our view is that the Federal Reserve in the U.S. will accelerate their tapering program in December and potentially look to hike three times next year. Now, with Governor's low speech today, it's evident that there is a divergence in the central bank commentary in Australia versus the rest of the world. You know, look at the U.S., look at England, look at New Zealand, which are all now turning hawkish. So at City, we are more hawkish than the RBA. We are of the view that the first RBA hike will take place in Q1 2023. But having said that, that is still some time away. So the interest rate differential will remain in the favor of the US dollar. Bringing that back to the Aussie, Aussie will likely remain at the lower end with key support being around 7250 to 7290, not far from your 52 week low of 7106. Marsha Bin Zaman there from City Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.